You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. She is described, our next guest, as a pioneer of the corporate civil rights audit. It's a new tool for getting companies to confront their role in perpetuating racial disparities. She spent two years auditing Facebook, specifically her highest profile client to date. She's also the subject of a story in the current issue of Bloomberg Business Week by Bloomberg's Naomi Nix. Let's bring in Laura Murphy. She's National Civil Liberties and Civil Rights Leader, President of Laura Murphy and Associates, former director of the ACLU Legislative Office, and a senior advisor has been to Airbnb. She joins us on the phone from Washington, D.C. Laura, it is so nice to have you here with us. I feel like there's so much to talk about uh, on this Friday. And I want to start with, if I may, with some news on Airbnb today, because they said, they came out and said it will allow hosts and guests to sue the company over claims of sexual assault and harassment in its listings, lifting a mandatory arbitration clause that has been around for years, and it's really been buried in its 40-page terms of service uh, for, as I said many years for more than a decade to be exact uh we talked about it earlier on air you've worked with airbnb how do you see this news and this latest development well i think it goes um i go it, it goes a long way toward the california statute um that um allows women to sue under various circumstances um i think it's an outgrowth of the me too movement um, I know that in talking to civil rights leaders, they would like um, the mandatory arbitration clauses to be lifted uh, for race discrimination and other types of claims as well. And so um, it's a start for civil rights leaders, but it, I think you know, it's a welcome start, but I don't think it's going to satisfy all the critics. And that's, it's interesting that you say that. There was a Bloomberg Business Week investigation cover story that talked a lot about some of the crimes, violent crimes that have gone on and, and how a lot of people have been prevented from talking about it. You know, I want to dig deeper on and, and kind of your last thought there. I mean, how did we get here in the corporate world of having such bad policies on a lot of important issues, especially when it comes to civil rights? I just think, um, there's a tremendous lack of awareness, and it's not necessarily intentional, but I don't think we get um, very good education generally in um, in civics in terms of rights and liberties and what they mean um, in this country. And I also think that, um, so there's a lack of awareness, but I also think it's so commonplace that it doesn't stop you from becoming a billionaire, um, not having a background and understanding of how policies and practices may exclude certain people based on their race or their religion or their sexual orientation, et cetera. So it's, it's just a fact of life. It's, and, and that's why I think corporate, uh, civil rights audits are needed because there are just too many people in positions of power who aren't aware of the laws. And if you ask them, okay, what are what are my values? Mm-hmm. Do you value treating people equally and all of that? People will give the right answers, but where the where the rubber meets the road is is in the implementation of those values. So I think a lot of corporations embrace these values. But they don't test their products to make sure that they don't violate the values. For example, 
there's a lot of concern about facial recognition software and the fact that it was tested on white men. And so it really doesn't work on people of, of different races and even there are some gender differences. So before these products are released to market, they should be tested across a range of of characteristics so that people are not selling products that that harm people. I mean, facial right. recognition is used by policing, you know, entities. And so this this has dire consequences if it's not right. Right. Your biasness kind of prevents you from maybe realizing that the data that ultimately goes into some of this or a lot of this is biased, ultimately. What is, before we get too far into this, uh, we've got about a minute and then we'll come back and continue the conversation. What is a corporate civil rights audit? A corporate civil rights audit is an independent analysis of a company's business practices um, to identify and correct practices that may have a discriminatory effect. And that could be with their customers, with their employees, with everything? With everything. It could be the products that they sell. Uh, you know, is a, is a mortgage product, you know, sold by a bank going to have a different impact on one community than it has on another, Un- an unfair and different impact? Um, so, yes, it's products, it's personnel, it's company values, it's an assessment. Uh, a civil rights audit first assesses how these different, um, how it, the different verticals within a company are affecting people and whether or not they're having a discriminatory impact and whether or not there's a remedy uh, for them and what that remedy is. Laura, sit tight for a second. Uh, I got to do a little bit of news, but I want to come back and I want to continue the conversation because I am curious about when you first go into a company, whether it's an Airbnb or whether it's a Facebook, which you have spent a lot of time with, uh, I think a couple of years auditing Facebook. I want to know how that goes initially and how it evolves as a process. We're going to come back with Laura Murphy. She's president of Laura Murphy and Associates, former director of the ACLU Legislative Office and a subject of a Bloomberg Business Week story. She's on the phone from the nation's capital. We'll continue in just a moment. Hey, I want to get back to our guest. We're still talking with Laura Murphy. She's, as I mentioned earlier, a national civil liberties and civil rights leader, president of Laura Murphy and Associates, former director of the ACLU's legislative office. She's on the phone from Washington, D.C., and we're talking about corporate civil rights audit. Laura, talk to me about your time at Facebook because you spent several years with them. I'm always curious when you first go into a company, why do they bring you in and, you know, what's the initial conversations you have with management that maybe tell you that they're way off the mark? Well, um, I was brought in because I was suggested by um, civil rights leaders as someone who could help Facebook um, uh, address a multitude of concerns that had been voiced over the years by different um, civil rights organizations and um, ranging from religious groups to LGBTQ groups to African-American groups to people with disabilities, all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there was there was a, a growing frustration in the overarching civil rights community with Facebook. And, um, y- you know, I think 
a lot of the staff wanted the company to address these issues in a much more substantive way. Um, I was greeted um, with enthusiasm by many of the middle managers who had been fielding these concerns for years, and it took some time to get the attention of the upper leadership, but once we did get their attention, um, we really got down to business and I started meeting with leaders in different verticals and, um, you know, people who created products, people who were responsible for advertising and marketing, people who were responsible for uh, enforcing the community standards. Um, it was a multi-year, multi-pronged product where we looked at the impact of these products and policies and practices on different constituencies and users of Facebook, and we found that there were some discrepancies in how people were treated. And again, um, this was a very um, consultative process. This was not an antagonistic process. This was uh, oh, me saying, okay, you've got the following three mm -hmm. allegations. Let's find out if they're true. If they're true, what do you want to do about them? Um, and these are my recommendations. What are your recommendations? And, you know, a process of consultation to, to fix problems. I, I like to see myself as a, uh, as a problem solver, not someone who just identifies problems. Right, right, uh, which is much more productive, right, ultimately, in trying to figure out, okay, how do we get from maybe point A to point Z, uh, if you will. Hey, tell us a little bit about a meeting that you put, to, that you helped, I guess, the conversation between Facebook executives and civil rights groups. Kara, I'm going to answer that question, um, but I want to say something about the process being productive. This is a far more productive process than having a regulation come down from a federal agency mm -hmm. or litigation. Um, results happen sooner. You're not in. You're not caught in antagonism. You know that keeps you warring with each other. Right. Uh, you're not caught up in the machinations of the legal system. So, I think this is a preferable process to some of the other processes that have been used over the years to advance civil rights. Now, I think civil rights litigation is important and lawsuits are important and regulation are important. I'm not saying I'm anti any of that. Right. Actually worked for a lot of those laws to come to fruition. But I am saying in terms of really attacking the problems with a level of immediacy, this is, I think this is a good way to go. Well, now, you know what? In terms no, no, you know what? Forgive friends. me. We we were running out of time, and I hope we can no, have. I'm you. so sorry. No, no, don't because I think what you said was really important. Because I think we are grappling, especially after the last year and a half, and we've talked so much about diversity and inclusion and how we can do things better. That that I think is a very peaceful, uh, very um, helpful piece of advice in terms of how do we get to a, to a better way. Because I was going to ask you, you know, my last question was, you know, a piece of advice for everybody out there, and, and they can read the story and hear a little bit more about um, that meeting. I hope you will come back because I think these are important conversations. I think our Bloomberg audience knows they are important conversations. I constantly have having conversations with chief executives about, you know, their employees and, and what they want and how they can be better, whether it's with their own workforce or, as you said, 
you often are, you know, talking about how they reach their customers in a better way and more equal way. Um, Laura, thank you so much. And do come back. Laura Murphy, she is president of Laura Murphy and Associates. I'll put that uh, Bloomberg Business Week story out on Twitter for you so you can read a little bit more about her.